0: Proverbs chapter 28 verse twenty. as we know as God has been stating he stated he wants us to continue to teach and preach on the emphasize the importance of faithfulness the importance of what faithfulness why because as we have been confessing it's still God's plan for us to flourish this year let me say it again it's still God's plan for us to do what flourish this year in the times we're living in, it's never been more important for us to flourish in every area of our lives. Amen. And one day we're gonna get it. Come on, say amen, somebody. We're well, here in Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty. Once again, it says, "A what?" Come on, you can read, right? It says, "A what?" A faithful man shall what abound with blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Amen. He's saying that the man that is faithful to the things of God shall what? Abound in what? Shall abound in what? Blessings. Somebody say, that's me again. Amen. We know it's been prophesied for 2018. Let's read that prophecy once again. Amen. For 2018, it says, these are indeed the days of greater glory, saith the Lord. It says, I will cause it to manifest to all who will remain faithful to me and faithful to my word. And I will cause them to flourish and to abound as I have promised in my word. I will honor their loyalty to me, enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one. And I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs that they have experienced thus far. It says, rest assured that I am working on their behalf even now. And they shall triumph and be victorious And all shall see that I am still the God of the breakthrough. And I am still the God who keeps covenant. So lift up your hands and lift up your voice and praise your God. I said the God that like, that like, like, unlike any other God, the God who blesses all who have been faithful and loyal to him, saith the Lord. And we know 2018s are days of glory, days of flourishing and days of abounding. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, few Christians realize that God has always been committed to bringing goodness, joy, happiness, prosperity, and help to His people, folks. Let me say it again. Few Christians realize that God has always been committed to bringing goodness, joy, happiness, prosperity, and help to his people. And see, that was the primary reason he sent his son to shed his blood for us and to die on that cross. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. One of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, John 3, 16, turn there. We don't know about heart, but sometimes you need to put your eyes on it. Amen. One of the most famous, I mean, even a heathen knows this scripture. It says, for God so what? loved the world that he what? Gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Say, God so loved who? He so loved who? Come on, say, God so loved me. Well, later on, the St. John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Turn there. Later on, the St. John wrote 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. And he says... And this was manifested the love of God. Towards who? Towards us. And what is what he saying? He's like, he said in this, this what? In what Jesus did at Calvary, it was God manifesting his love towards us. Let me say it again. It says in this was manifested the what? The love of God. who Towards who? Towards us. What's he saying is in this, in what Jesus did at Calvary, it was God manifesting his love towards you. Okay, let me say it one more time. In what Jesus did at Calvary, it was God manifesting his love towards you. It says, because God sent his only begotten son, what, into the world that he might, what, live through him. That's what it says here. Because what? That God sent his, what, only begotten son into the world that he, we might, what, lived through him. Now prior to Jesus going to the cross, mankind was under the dominion of Satan. Let me say it again. Now prior to Jesus going to the cross, mankind was under the the dominion of Satan and that's not the way God intended for mankind and you and us to live. So John also wrote in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. Go back a chapter. So in this manifested the love of God because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And John also wrote 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 where he says, he that committeth sin is of the what? Is of the what? Devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Then it says for this purpose the son of God was what? Manifested that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. That's the reason he came for. He came out of love. He came out of love. He came out of love. And for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil in your life. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. See, we don't have to be under Satan's dominion any longer. Who the Son has set free is what? Is what? Free indeed. That's what being, listen, that's what being redeemed is all about. Let me say it again. That's what being redeemed is all about. He paid the price for our redemption through his precious blood, folks. We are no longer under Satan's control. Let me say it again. We are no longer under what? Satan's control. Say, I'm no longer under Satan's control. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to say it again. I am no longer under Satan's control. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Now, this is showing what Jesus did on our behalf, amen, or is showing the love he displayed. It's showing what? The love he displayed. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and you have he quickened. Who were what? Who were dead dead in trespasses and what? Sins. The Amplified Bible reads it this way it reads, and you he made alive. He made a what? He made a lie when you were dead, slain by your trespass and sin. He said, you you were made a what? You were made a, you were made a, come on. He said, you, he made what? A lie. Listen, I'm not spiritually dead anymore. Let me say it again. I'm not spiritually dead anymore. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 8, verse 2, turn there quickly. We're going to come back to Ephesians chapter 2. He says, you has he what? Made alive. I'm not spiritually dead anymore. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has what? Has what? Has what? Made me free from the law of sin and death. Come on, say that's me. Say I'm free. And I'm alive. Come on, say say, "I'm I'm free. And I'm alive. See, not just physically, but I'm alive in my spirit. Amen. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Because he says, Ephesians 2, 2, wherein time pass. Somebody say, I'm go, go glad that time pass. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> wherein in time pass, you walked. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Well, let's read that from the Amplified Translation. The Amplified Bible reads it this way. In which at one time you walked habitually. I'm so glad he says you. Put an E-D on top, on, on, let, on the end of that walk, <laughs> amen, which made it past tense. In which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world Were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to and under the control of the what? Demon spirit that still constantly works in the what? Some of the disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the what? The purposes of a God. Then in verse 4 it states, but God. Oh, shit. God, not somebody should say. That's a shout right there. But God. Come on, that butt changes everything. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved me. I don't know about you, he loved me. Even when we were what? Dead in our sins, has he what? Quickened us together with Christ by grace. You are what? Saved. Save. Save. Well, let's read verse 4 and 5 from the Amplified Translation. It says, but God, so rich he is in mercy. Because of, and in order to satisfy, listen to this, because of, and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain in our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him for it is by grace, his favor and mercy which you did not deserve, that you are saved. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of what? Christ's salvation. Listen, he made us alive and together in fellowship and in union with Christ. Let me say it again. He made us alive in what? And together in fellowship and in what? Union with Christ. For what? At Verse 4. In order to satisfy. In order to what? Satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Somebody say, God must really love me. Come on, tell somebody else, God must really love me. Understand this, folks. This kind of love doesn't stand around forever and watch a spiritual outlaw named Satan come on, run over his children. Let me say it again. This kind of love does not stand around forever and watch a spiritual outlaw named Satan run over his children, attempt to keep them bound. Come on, say amen. Somebody limited and restricted so they cannot live the way God intended them to live. Come on. This is not the God we serve. That's the reason he made the decision to send heaven's best, his only begotten son, folks. See, real love doesn't stand around and watch his children suffer. Come on, you're not going to stand around and watch your children suffer. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. See, understand this. You are the object of God's love. Come on, say, I am, I am. the object am. of God's love. And listen, He didn't stop giving when He sent Jesus to the cross. Amen. God's love language is giving, and He's still giving. Amen. Turn to neighbor, He's still giving. Amen. And see, one thing about God, you cannot outgive God. Amen. Let me say it again. You cannot, what? out give God and see this is what redemption is all about what's it about God showing his great and wonderful intense love for us let me say it again redemption is about God showing his what great and 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 wonderful and intense love for us see this kind of love that he's talking about He's not just going to stand around and watch his people suffer and not do anything about it. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, I should receive that. Come on. That's why Jesus went to the cross, folks. He was willing to shed his own blood, paid a price that we might be free from that tyrant called devil. Somebody say, I receive my freedom. And guess what? Jesus did not fail in his mission. Let me say it again. Jesus did not fail in his mission. Go to John 15, 13. He didn't fail. Come on, he didn't fail. Come on, he didn't fail. John 15, 13 says, Greater love. Greater love. Has no man than this. That he what? That he what? Lay it down his life for his friends. Come on say, I'm a friend of God. Amen. That's what Jesus did. Come on, doesn't that sound like someone who is deeply committed to our well-being? Come on, are you with me out here. Listen, it was never His will for us to be in bondage. Let me say it again. It was never His will for us to be in what? Bondage. It was never his will for us to be controlled by sin, to be controlled by fear, to be controlled by sickness, to be controlled by disease, poverty, lack, or want. That was never his will. Tell your neighbor that was never his will. See, his will was and still is. It's for us to live like David described in Psalms 26, 23, 6. Come on, his will was and still is for us to live like David described in Psalms 23, verse 6. Where he says what? Surely goodness and mercy shall do what? Follow us what? Follow me all the days of my life. And I will what? Dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever." Well, what did we learn about goodness last week or the week before last? It's what? It's one of the manifestations of the glory of God. Come on. These are the days of glory. Amen. Amen. Say it again. These are the what? Days of glory. I'm talking about the days of manifested goodness. Amen. That we like of, of God like we never seen before. This is what we're expecting this year. Come on. Are you with me out here? But notice it says here, how often should we be experiencing it? Read the scripture. It says, goodness and mercy should follow me what? Should follow me what? Should follow me what? Half of the year? Three quarters of the year? Leave some months out? He said what? What? All the days of my life. How often should we be experiencing the goodness and mercy of God? Amen. So I don't know about you. God does something good for me every day. Amen. Every day. somebody name your neighbor every day. Come tell your neighbor every day. Now that doesn't mean I don't have adversity. Come on. That doesn't mean I don't come under attack. But somehow, because God is good, he'll make something good out of it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what Satan meant for bad, God will always turn it into good. Somebody say always. And see, it says here, we're supposed to experience the goodness of God and our everyday life. Amen. Someone say everyday life. In some way or another, folks. In some way or another, you're supposed to experience the goodness of God every day. Come on, you better receive this by faith. How often? How often? How often? How often? Well, the NI- look, look what the New Living Translation reads. Psalms 23:6 the living trust lady says, surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. He said, it's pursuing me. He said, it's pursuing me. He said, it's pursuing me. Said, it's pursuing me. The message Bible reads, your beauty and love chase after. Every day of my life. Come on. How often? How often? How often? Listen. The goodness of God is chasing us down, folks. Okay, all right. Let me say it again. The goodness of God is chasing us down. Let's try this side. The goodness of God is chasing us down. Yeah, I say, oh, that's how I go. yeah, hallelujah. Right glory to God. Yeah, He's chasing me down. I don't feel it, but He's chasing me down. <laughs> come on, Amen. The goodness of God is chasing us down. The problem is, some of us need to slow down and stand still and let it come on you. Maybe that's the wrong decide side over here. <laughs> Come on. It's pursuing you all the days of your life. Come on. Is this the word of God? He said it's pursuing you all the days of your life. That means when you get up in the morning, no matter what you're going through, You should be saying, goodness is looking for me. Goodness is pursuing me. And then expect goodness to catch up with you. See, God is doing everything he possibly can, folks, to get his goodness into your life. Let me say this one more time. God is doing everything he possibly can to get his what? Goodness into your life. Listen. We were created to enjoy the goodness of God. Yeah. Let me say it again: We were what created to do what? Enjoy the goodness of God. Listen, we were not created to experience the wrath of God. Amen. We were ex- what? We, we were created to do what? Experience the what? The goodness of God. Somebody say, I was created, I was created. to experience. The goodness of God and it's pursuing me. It's chasing me and I'm going to slow up and let it catch me. Now, throughout the Psalms, David talks about the goodness of God. Look at Psalms 21.3. Psalms 21.3. But this is the word of God, right? I respect y'all a little bit. Be a little bit more excited than that. Or are we just reading this thing like it's a book? Or are we reading it like God speaking to us? Then act like it. Show it on your face or something. <laughs> Hallelujah! It was a rough day today. That's all right. The goodness of God has been chasing you. Just didn't catch up. You didn't let it catch up with you. That's why you're still having a drag day. But he said he's been trying to chase you all day long. Trying to make your day better. Trying to make your day better. So if you came in here dragging, that means the goodness of God may have passed you up. I don't know what happened to it, but it was chasing you. But evidently then, it didn't catch you because your face ain't showing it. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 21.3. Notice what it says here. For thou preventeth him. Which means to go before, which means to proceed. So he says here, you go before me with blessings of goodness and set up a crown of pure gold on his head or on my head. Come on, say amen, somebody. So what I do, get up every morning. And expect God to go before you wherever you might be going. Come on, say Amen, somebody. Expect God to prepare a trail of goodness for you to follow. Somebody say I should be expecting this. Come on, say I should be expecting this. Why? He said you. He said you precede me with goodness. God precedes me. He goes before me with what? Goodness. Look at the New International Version (NIV). It reads, you welcome him with rich blessings and place a crown of pure gold on his head. Come on. You welcome me, him with what? Rich blessing and place a, pure gold, pure, a crown of pure gold on his head. Now the living translation reads. They skipped over my NIV. You welcome him back with success and prosperity. You place a crown of fi- the finest gold on his head. You welcome him back with what success and prosperity. So that means evidently success and prosperity are characteristics of the goodness of God. Yeah. Somebody say, I'll take, "I'll take that." Come on, you got to keep this. You, listen, you got to get this deep down in your spirit that God's goodness is blessing. And that he wants you to enjoy it every day of your life. And begin to thank him for his goodness, folks. Begin to thank him for his goodness. So what we're reading here, so the, the blessing of goodness includes prosperity. The blessing of goodness includes success. Now the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter eighteen, verse nine. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Exodus eighteen, Thank you. verse nine, and it's talking about Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses. Notice what it says here, though. It says, "And Jethro rejoiced for all the for all the for all the goodness." which the Lord had done in Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptian. It says, Jethro rejoiced for all the what? For all the what? Goodness. Goodness. See, the problem we've been having is we haven't been rejoicing enough. Say it again. The problem we have is we haven't been what? Rejoicing enough. Now, if you have a kid, and, you know, some of us, you know, are very lavish when it comes to our children on Christmas Day. Come on, say amen, somebody. And they have a pile of gifts up under the tree, man. Come on. And their eyes get bright when they get wake up in the morning. And they want, they want, to, make, they want to make sure every everything under the tree has their name on it. Like they're the only child in the world. <laughs> well, that's the only time you're going to raise your hand. <laughs> amen glory to God but if you look at a kid they'll open one and they throw it to the side because they're in expectation of the next one they'll open the next one and throw it to the side something better got to be in the next one <laughs> so they'll open another one and do what throw it to the side And after they open all the gifts, you'll find they get to the last one and there's no more. There's very little rejoicing. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because really they're expecting some more. (laughs) So there's very little rejoicing. But you see, that's the way God's people are sometimes. Come on, God gives them a breakthrough, and they forget all about it. And the next time they need another breakthrough, they stay down and depressed until something happens. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. See, God is pouring out gifts, but he would like to receive some thanks once in a while. He would like to hear somebody rejoicing once in a while. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Because the Bible says once again here, Jethro, he did what? He rejoiced. He was just a father-in-law. He rejoiced for the what? For all the what? Goodness of God. How many in this room have ever experienced the goodness of God how about how about in the last few days and that's that's the most you can do for rejoicing That's what your rejoicing is, rejoicing is? Huh? That's what rejoicing is? Last time I, I taught on rejoicing. <laughs> I thought it was leap up, turn around. I, 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 I know it's been a while since I taught on rejoicing. But the last time I taught on rejoicing... It's to leap up, turn around. It didn't say sit down and raise your hand. <laughs> and see not getting on your case or anything. If you have a hard time rejoicing in public, spinning around, jumping up and leaping, It's because you're not practicing it in private. Rejoicing is not in in church, folks. If you ain't doing it at home, it's hard to do it at home and the church. (laughs) Come on, are you with me out there? Amen. So I'm going to give you one more chance. If you've experienced any of the goodness of God in the last few days, rejoice. Hallelujah! Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we should be rejoicing regarding the goodness of God since God wants it manifest in our lives every day of our lives. Let me say it again. So we should be rejoicing regarding the goodness of God since God wants it manifested in our lives every day of our lives, then there should be rejoicing every day. Let me say it again. There should be rejoicing every day. But you know there are days that you go without rejoicing. But yet you want the goodness of God every day. Somebody says you should be rejoicing every day. Don't get like the children with those Christmas gifts, folks. Just because there are so many of them. And you go from one to another and forget to give thanks to God. And you forget to rejoice. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Psalms 115, 12. Sometimes we forget to rejoice. Sometimes we forget to rejoice. Rejoice. Psalms 115, 12. It says, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. See, you should thank God that he's even thinking about you that he has his mind on you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, that's a wonderful thought when you get up each and every day. What's that thought? It's a wonderful thought to know that God has me on his mind and he's thinking of new ways to bless me. Come on, say amen, somebody. So you ought to be thankful. And a lot of Christians fail to experience the goodness of God primarily because they don't show enough thankfulness. They don't rejoice enough. Come on. Why? They're like spoiled kids. Don't become a spoiled child. Turn to David, say, don't become a spoiled child. David says in Psalm 3119, turn there. Psalms 3119. Once again it says, Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that what? Fear. That word fear means reverence and respect towards God. So says, oh, oh, how great is that goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear or reverence or respect God. Amen. Fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that what? Trust thee before the sons of men. But it says, once again, which has, he has laid up for them. Great is thy goodness. He is what? Laid up in them. See, God has gifts laid up for you that he wants to what? Spring on you and then sit back and watch your reaction. Okay, let's try this side again. God has gifts that he wants to spring on you. Then he wants to sit back and watch how you react when you get it. Why? There is so much goodness that we have yet to see. I'm saying it again. There is so much goodness that we have yet to see. It's stored up and it's just waiting for you. Tell your neighbor it's waiting for me. Come on, we're going to see a whole lot more. We're going to see a whole lot more before this year is up. Oh, somebody say, I should receive that. We're going to see a whole lot more before this year is up, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm talking about days of glory. I'm talking about the manifested goodness, the manifested presence, and the manifested power of God. It's laid out for those who reverence and respect Him. Look at Psalm 6511. Hallelujah. 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 Psalm 65, 11. It says, Thou crowneth the year with thy goodness. Somebody gonna get this. Besides Julie. I guess Julie the only one that's getting it. Thou crowned the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. Listen, as we're marching towards the year of Jesus' return, listen to me now. We're going to look back on 2018 and say, that was the year. Oh, come on, say amen, man. That was a year, what? That was a year when he crowned this year. He crowned that year with goodness, and his paths drop fatness. The word fatness means prosperity and abundance. Come on, God is leaving a path for us in 2018, and He will lead us to prosperity and abundance. He will lead us. To prosperity and abundance. Come on. He will lead us to prosperity and abundance. That's the word of the Lord, folks. The New Living Translation reads verse 11. It says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Anybody ready for the overflow? Hop side over there. I'm gonna give you another chance. Anybody ready for the overflow? That's a little better, Stacy. <laughs> Hallelujah! And see, that's what the psalms proclaim. Look at Psalm 107:8. This is why the psalmist proclaims in Psalms 107, verse 8. This is why he proclaims it. This is why he proclaims in Psalms 107, verse 8. All that men would praise the Lord for his, for his, for his, for his, for his, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. See, he says, oh, that men were." See, this sounds like a plea. Come on. It's almost begging men to do what? Praise him for his what? Goodness. See, apparently, praising God for his goodness is so important that he repeats it in verse 15. He says in verse 15, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to children of men. He says it in verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to children of men. He says it in verse 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to children of men. Listen, how can we see this four times? And don't pay attention to it. Four times. Come on, is God trying to get our attention or what? Listen to me closely, folks. Praise and worship are monument to the greatest breakthroughs you we've ever seen. Let me say that again. Praise and worship. Our monument to the greatest breakthroughs we've ever seen. Amen. Say it one more time. Praise and worship. Our monument to the greatest breakthroughs we've ever seen. See, we know Him as Savior. Come on, we know Him as baptized in the Holy Ghost. And we know Him as healer. Some even know him as deliverer. But most of the body of Christ don't know him as the God of the breakthrough. Because why? Because if they did, they wouldn't be so quick to give up. See, the God of the breakthrough wants to visit your house. Let me say it again. The God of the breakthrough wants to visit your house. But listen to me closely once again. The depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. Some, one person got it. <laughs> Let me say it again. The depth of your praise Will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. Hallelujah! 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 Some of y'all got it, some of y'all still sitting there, but that's all right. Now you can see. Now you can see why the psalmist says four times in one psalm all oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And see I don't know about you I think somebody in this room needs to give God praise right now. I'm not talking about that little weak stuff you just gave him a few minutes ago. I need somebody to give him praise. Come on, say "Amen." Somebody, somebody need to give him praise for His goodness. Somebody need to give him praise for His mercy. Somebody need to lift their hands and give God praise. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Why? Because praise and thanksgiving is one of the greatest expressions of faith when you can praise God before it manifests. Come on, that's faith. Come on, it ain't ever that's faith. And listen, we should be praising Him the moment we experience the manifestation of His goodness. But also, we should be praising him in anticipation of his goodness. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Now, I ask everyone, has anybody experienced the goodness of God in the last few days? But how many are presently anticipating the goodness of God? See, if you're presently anticipating, Ben, come on up here. If you're presently anticipating the goodness of God, that means you need to praise Him in anticipation of His goodness that's going to show up in your life. Not just today, but I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning. I'm talking about the rest of this week. I'm talking about next week. I'm talking about next month. I'm talking about the rest of this year. Come on, somebody need to give God praise and anticipation of the goodness of God that's going to manifest in your life. Come on, I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about in the year 2018. Hallelujah. 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 God wants to chase you down. God wants to pursue you with goodness. That's it. That's it. Which includes prosperity and success. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord. Father, let me give you a praise.